Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome to Friends with Friends Series 5. A new series. The world's less depressing than last time we spoke, that's nice. Um, is it? Yeah, I suppose well, it is. President-wise, and oh, I see, hey, yes. Vaccine maybe vaccine's wise. on the way, um, so that's good. Uh, Podcast-wise, nothing's changed. I'm Pete Allison, here's Dave Cribb. Ahoy hoy! Yeah, sorry, I interrupted your uh, introduction there. And, that's uh, alright, it's fine. Threw us off course in the excitement of a new series. Um, yeah, we had a little, a little, a little spell off, didn't we? But few weeks. Just couldn't wait to get back to it, could we, Peter? Are you yawning? No, I was just doing a funny voice. Oh, I thought you were yawning. No, 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 you never bore me that much, Pete. I have done before. You've yawned yeah, a few times. Yeah, I have quite a yawner, actually. I don't know what it is about recording podcasts. It happens when I'm whatever I'm recording. I always just get a bit yawny. Mm. Um, so it's no reflection on you, or indeed, well, let's hope not. The listeners. Series five is off to a, a sleepy start, isn't it? <laughs> snoozy, snoozy start. Just easing into winter. The lights are darker. It's dark outside already. Just to lull you into a sense of sleep. But to liven things up, we have a very good request for a first episode of this series, uh, which, uh, Dave, we are still working through requests that people made some time ago, but yeah. we do now actually have... Um, got another Word document, haven't we, Dave? Another um, document. Got another document, which actually has the order that people requested them in. Uh, so now you're no longer allowed to complain if we haven't done yours yet, because we are actually doing them in order. So wait your turn. And we haven't missed any out, have we? Although I have, uh, this is probably a classic off-air chat we should be having, but I've realised that we haven't added the Facebook ones into that list because you're no longer on Facebook because you're screwed. <laughs> so. uh, Facebook is dead to us, apart from that. <laughs> I'll send you the Facebook ones. I'll send you the Facebook ones, just you on your Instagrams and your Snapchats and your TikToks. Leave the leave the Facebooks to us oldies, eh? So let's go back to May, I think. Oh bloody hell! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Christian. We are we've finally got around to it though. Hi guys, love the podcast. Oh no. Previously, we have said that's a that's a way to get you to the front of the queue, which is the case in terms of the front of the <laughs> season five queue, <laughs> <laughs> just not the twenty twenty queue. Uh, my suggestion is season one, episode fourteen, the one with the candy hearts. It shows the chemistry and connection between Ross and Carol without any bad lesbian jokes. Shows how they were once a loving couple. The B plot involves Janice, which is always great, and the C plot is just weird. Keep up the good work, Christian. Thank you, Christian. We we will endeavour to keep up. The good work. 
We'll try. That's um, all anyone can ask. That is all anyone can ask, exactly. Uh, season 1, episode 14, then. Uh, the one with the Candy Hearts, directed by James Burroughs. Doesn't really mean much to us these days, does it? Like, unless it's bonus, we don't care. He um, he directed the pilot, I think. Yeah, he's like, um, in the in one of the many books I've read about Friends, he's, yeah, he's uh, part of the sort of instrumental. He did a lot of the first season. He's like Mr. A, Friends. Well, he's Mr. Um, Hollywood sitcom, basically. He's Mr. Okay. Like, he's the go-to guy. It's like, you got a cool new show? Get old Burroughs in. He'll sort it all out. So, yeah, he was um, part of that. That's season one magic. Interesting fact moreover about this episode, Peter, is who it was written by. Um, it was written by Bill Lawrence, the man who created Scrubs and Cougar, Ta- Cougar Town and uh, Ted Lasso, which I've been enjoying very much of late. Uh, yeah, only episode of Friends he ever wrote. Oh, but there you, you go. go. And it shows, actually, I think. Because you think it's good. I do. Yeah, I, so I, had do a, I. I had a lovely time with this episode today. Very strong one. Here's the synopsis for those of you that have been missing the synopses of Friends episodes in your ears. Uh, Ross has a Valentine's Day date with a beautiful neighbour, his first date in nine years. Carol and Susan also out on a romantic date end up at the same restaurant. When Susan has to leave, Ross then spends his time talking to Carol and his date leaves without him realising it. He kisses Carol, resulting in different reactions. What a bland way of writing that sentence, but we'll get on to that. Uh, Meanwhile, Joey's date on Valentine's Day brings a blind date for Chandler, which turns out to be, we all know who it is. Janice. They end up sleeping together, then Chandler breaks up with her on Valentine's Day, and Phoebe, Monica and Rachel spend the holiday burning mementos of past boyfriends causing a fire and a visit from the fire department. Um, three fairly strong storylines, I think, on the whole. Where would you like to begin? I think Monica, Phoebe and Rachel. Yeah. It is weird, isn't it? Like Christian said. Um, it's, a, it's like classic early friends. This is a great Phoebe era. If you've not watched this episode recently, like just this is like peak Phoebe for me. I really enjoy. She's just saying mad things, isn't she? She's sort of peak hippie vibey Phoebe, isn't she? At this point, yeah. Her line, um, they're talking about. Oh, maybe we're magnets for you know. Why do we keep attracting bad men? Maybe we're magnets. And she says, Oh, I know I am. That's why I can't wear a digital watch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> great little Phoebe moment. Um, yeah. So the the boyfriend bonfire. I, I, Got a lot of things to talk about, actually, here, Pete, um, which we'll do chronologically. Firstly, how many friends does Phoebe have that shave their head? <laughs> because she yes. references Abby, who shaves her head. We also later meet Bonnie, who Bonnie, shaves yeah, her of head. Course. I'm wondering if she meets all these people at some sort of head-shaving society. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure there is such a thing. What, a head-shaving society? One where you just turn up every week and, and shave your head? There's probably some sort of club of people that have no... Uh-huh. <laughs> you lost confidence in that quite quickly, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. And the one thing about they are all gathering together, aren't they? Because they're quite glum about not having anyone to be with on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Which I can understand that is a difficult time if you want to be in a relationship and aren't in one on Valentine's Day. But have you ever been? Have you ever been desperate to have a date on Valentine's this Day? This is one of the things about sitcoms, like American sitcoms in general, and especially Friends. I used to remember watching this growing up going, God, it seems like a stressful old day, Valentine's Day, doesn't it? Yes. Um, and no, to be honest, even when I've been in a relationship, I can't think of anything worse than going out on Valentine's Day. Like, it's, I'd say, the single worst day to do anything, isn't it? But yeah. especially if I don't, if, if I'm not in a relationship, absolutely thrilled. Do you know what I compare it to? Right. The pressure to have plans is like uh, New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah, 
It is, isn't it? Where it's fine. It's actually fine to do absolutely nothing. That's yeah. okay. Have a nice time. Chill yeah. out. Um, as do we, it on your terms, guys. Well, we probably all will be doing that this year, to be fair. Well, that's true. New Year's Eve 2020 into 21 will be the world sitting at home, looking yeah. out the window at some solitary fireworks. Um, but yes, yeah, so Phoebe suggests the boyfriend bonfire. We can sort of expel the demons of the old boyfriends or whatever it is she says. Uh, and she suggests either burning all their old stuff or dancing around naked uh, and singing or whatever it is, chanting. When they are discussing men that they've previously been with, ah. um, there's some quite in-depth, detailed orgasm impersonations, <laughs> aren't there? <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's a real insight for us men, isn't it? Into uh, is this is this how women speak to each other, Peter? When we're so not Rachel, around. So Rachel says that there's. Um, Rachel says that, I mean, that's not something I worry myself about. No, that's true. Um, (laughs) Rachel does an impression of somebody who who cried after sex. And then Monica does an impression of someone who shouts, I win, while you presume orgasming. Yeah, again, like going back to watching this growing up, it did paint a quite bleak picture of how especially men basically yes. act at all i just feel like i just remember thinking when i was younger like oh, okay as long as i don't do any of this really weird shit then you should <laughs> be fine should be should be on the straight and narrow it should be a fairly a fairly easy ride as it were um, oh, terrible oh, choice of phrase that is no. an awful choice of phrase no. oh, oh retract retract um yeah another love line i really enjoyed uh was so phoebe's reading this um is it, is it is it Abby who shaves her head that gives her the sort of not the recipe for the bomb boy boyfriend bonfire? The, 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 <laughs> what is it? What would you call it? The, the steps, um, the steps yeah. involved in sort of putting it together, and uh, and the and the final one is we need the semen of a righteous man. Which yeah, is, Rachel has a great line off the yeah, back of that. It's doesn't such she? a well delivered line by Phoebe, and then Rachel's retort is brilliant as well. You know, the sort of if we already had that, we wouldn't we need wouldn't to be have doing this problem. This. I mean, my main issue with this is the decision to light a fire indoors. Awful. I mean, I know it leads to the fire department coming, but absolutely mad, right? Well, you've got a balcony. Uh, they've literally got a balcony behind them. Just pop Do it up on there. your balcony, yeah. Yeah, burn stuff on the balcony. Absolutely fine. I mean, I still fire. wouldn't really recommend burning things on a balcony, but... Um it's better than on your coffee table. I mean, famously, we know there are smoke alarms in in the friends' apartments because there's a whole episode about it later than a few years later. But that feels like the smoke alarm should have gone off almost immediately, right? Yeah, it's it's really sort of billowing quite quickly, isn't it? Yeah. Now I'm not sure we see the full extent of the fire. So um, Rachel pours the alcohol. Paula's alcohol on it, right? It goes from being quite in control to three fire staff being required. Well, this is exactly my question, is how bad did that fire get that they needed three firemen to come in a fire engine? Yeah. Uh, Especially considering once the firemen have put out the fire, there is little to no damage to be seen of anywhere. Although this is Rachel that causes this, isn't it? And and she causes the fire at the apartment with Phoebe, so Rachel is really not good around flames. Well, no, absolutely not. Maybe she just enjoys... Well, she does enjoy meeting a fireman as we as well we know it's basically rachel's a pyromaniac yes that's what we've decided isn't it um yeah. but yeah what happens why do they need three firemen to come out um i mean i, I know why they do for the storyline because there's three of them but it feels like what we saw of the alcohol going into the bucket basically made it go from 
quite under control to slightly less under control, but not mad, right? Yeah, and, and everything seems very um, very blackened, doesn't it? Ah, very interesting. Um, but then we obviously get the twist where the firemen ask them out, they get excited, oh, see, the, the thing worked, and then the firemen have wives and girlfriends. Um, the end of that storyline, really, isn't it? Basically, the three men are dreadful people. Yeah, well, that's what we learn from friends. Dreadful men in friends. Men are dreadful. <laughs> Good day to you all. Actually, a fun fact I did learn during my research is that one of the actors playing the fireman is called Larry Poindexter. Oh, good name. Which is a name that I enjoy. That's all I have to say on the matter. Um, okay, so we've got the two date options now, haven't we? Ross's or, or, or Joey and Chandler's double date. Let's go Ross, because Ross is quite sad, and I don't want to end this episode on a sad one. Oh, that's a nice way of looking at it. Um, this is a really strong cold opener, I think. Yes, I agree. A bit before the credits, which is Ross trying to chat up this woman, Kristen. Uh, I mean, Ross is comically bad at talking to women, isn't he? Even at the start. I mean, we, we get the dog chat later, which is appalling. Like the, the dog uh, jet lag chat on this date. It's like he's doing a sort of bad stand-up routine, isn't it? Yeah. um, Let me tell you this about dogs. It's one of the worst sort of 30 seconds of dialogue I can imagine has ever been said on any date. I mean, it's just, (laughs) how has it got around to that? She's clearly not interested, so he's really been telling this long story, you know? Also... also, Oh, carry on. Also, doesn't even add up, mate. Like, his whole point is... Have you been doing some dog maths? Well, a basic dog maths, just times three by seven. <laughs> but he says, he says, you know, the dog, uh, if, the, if, if a dog flies from LA to New York, you won't just lose three hours, they'll lose a week and a half. That's not three hours. Three hours times seven is 21 hours, isn't it? So it loses just under a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ross is the clever one. What's happening here? Or have I misunderstood jet lag? Is it one of those exponential? I don't know. I don't know, Pete. There's also that moment where she says hi to Ross in Central Perk um, and Ross gets up and moves to the other side of the coffee shop. It's yeah. like an immediate reaction to her saying <laughs> hi, which is, which is incredibly uncomfortable and awkward. The whole thing is kind of strange, isn't it? The whole him asking her out in the coffee shop thing. A, obviously... So, can we talk about the egg? Yes, okay. I think it's important that we spend some time talking about the egg, to be perfectly honest. So, the setup, if you haven't watched it recently is that Joey and Chandler say, you know, have you ever spoken? Because this woman lives in Ross's building, and he says, she lent me an egg once. How's that come about? (laughs) You know the old sort of cliche of being lent a cup of sugar by a neighbour? Right. Uh, Just go out and get some sugar. Well, right, so that's the first thing. Like, Also, you're underprepared with your recipe if you realise that you haven't got sugar. A single egg is... Like, if you're making something and the only thing you don't have is a single egg, that's... That's poor. B, like you say, nip to the shop, you'll be back. C, all he says is, she lives in my building. She doesn't say she lives next door to me. So how (laughs) has he acquired the... Like, nowadays, I mean, I live in an apartment complex, Peter, and we have a quite dramatic and overbearing Facebook group for the building, right? So if I needed an egg, I could actually jump on there now and be like, lads, who's got an egg? And feasibly, somebody on the other side of the building would be like, yeah, I got an egg, mate. Come and get the egg. But short of going and just knocking on every door until he found an egg, either he's got a lot of stingy neighbours that won't give him an egg, or there's some way, because 
basically he does not know her well enough does he? he he's literally spoken to her once for the egg thing so it's not like oh i know Kristen; she always has eggs or like i've got her phone number how has he got the egg that's my question what has led to her giving him the single egg do you think some people turned him down before he got to the point of asking her for the egg? Yeah, but how many people, mate? Like everybody on his floor, every you know, like where did how, how many people would you be turned down by for an egg before you just went out and bought some eggs? Well, based on what we know about the way this social group operates, they don't have any other friends that aren't them, right? So we basically know that Ross doesn't know anybody else in his building. So right, at a push, I'd knock on next door. Yeah. And maybe both ways next door if you live in the middle of two. Like, maybe opposite in your apartment block. That's about it. I'd probably ask... Even then, I'd feel like asking three people for an egg is a bit weird, isn't it? Ross isn't living opposite at this point, is he? No, he's in his Because Monica building. would have eggs, and she could just sort of throw one across the street, and he could just catch it out his window. Yeah, I mean, that is certainly one solution to the egg problem in a post... It'd have to be a very well-targeted throw. Yeah, I don't think. Maybe the giant poking device and, and prong a spoon on the end of it with an egg. That's quite a good idea. And you could then... put the spoon at the end of the device, egg on spoon. Yeah, it's like a, 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 a really extreme egg and spoon race. Yeah. Keep that that'll balanced. Be, um, but even then, I would suggest, if you're if you're going out of your apartment to acquire an egg from somewhere else, the corner shop's your best bet, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I got quite, I got quite worked up about the egg, as it might have been... Might have been That's apparent okay. by that. I, I also just don't know what the egg-based emergency could have been. Like you say, if you're making a cake, you've got an egg, right? If you're yeah. having breakfast and you're a single egg down, like at what point are you a single egg down? How many times can I say the word egg before the end of this episode? It's a lot of times. You've fulfilled the egg quota for Series 5. Okay, for the whole of the series. Yeah. Done. All right, look, let's lay the egg to rest. Let's lay the egg to rest. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. It was worth it to get there. Absolutely thrilled with that. So much so, I'm going to play a sting. Oh, hello you. My name's Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives. So they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, it's Dave, were you yawning at the owl. start of that sentence then? Was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl isolation podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Ruler Threes, your Brian and Rogers, your Musicals, your Bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting because, let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, where were we? Oh, egg. <laughs> Ross and his dates. Um, a couple of funny lines in this cold open as well where Chandler says you know the Rachel thing isn't happening <laughs> your wife's a lesbian I don't think we need a third <laughs> yeah. the egg based flirting though I know we've nearly done with the egg but there are a couple of egg um, and loose ends to tie up aren't there loose eggs loose, <laughs> a couple of loose eggs to tie up uh, one is the whole egg thing is mad they're right but clearly it's a bit charming. But what I would suggest is if Ross is happy to go over with an egg, he could have just gone over and said hello anyway. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah, I'd be more so. nervous to carry an egg and have to open with a chat about an egg than I would be just to say hello. Well, you're setting yourself up for some sort of move that's orchestrated and could go down badly, aren't you? Yeah, and Ross ends up keeping the egg, but what's he expecting her to do with the egg? She's out. She's having a nice afternoon. I don't want to carry a bloody egg around, does she? No. Um... He comes back, though, and we get the moment, which is very funny, where he hugs Chandler and the egg cracks on the back of Chandler, right? On his chest, yeah. Uh, Oh, is it on his chest? Why would it be on Chandler's back? Because Ross had it in his hand, I thought, and and slammed his hand Oh, I thought thought it was in Ross's pocket and it cracks in front. Ah. I assumed it was sort of crushed by the hug. Got you. I see. No, no, because when they walk off, Ross leaves one hand on Chandler's back as if... As if... uh, cupping um, the egg and oh, I see. trying not to let the egg dribble everywhere. Also, when they walk off after that's happened, why is Chandler hobbling? Yeah. What's, what's, what's the egg done to his ability to walk? It's like Andy in the in the office when he when the gun goes off. Yes. He hobbles out um, because he can't hear. Um, the thing I was interested in here, though, not wasn't actually the egg. We have laid the egg to rest. But from Kristen's point of view... It's a pretty pathetic look that Ross has just gone and asked her out. She said yes, and he's gone back over and immediately hugged his best mate in yeah, celebration. Lame, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, she's watching. If you look in the background, she's watching. And at that point, she must be going, oh, God, what's wrong with him? Like, why is that such a triumph? Well, it doesn't get much better on the date, does it? Because I'd say regardless of circumstance, inviting your ex-wife to join your date is, is seldom going to go down well. Yeah, I was trying to think what I would do in that situation. Then I remember I don't have an ex-wife, so it's hard to, <laughs> hard to fire myself there. No, but I, I just feel like maybe even if they arrive, what you do is go, right, let's have a quick bite here and then let's move on to somewhere else, shall we? I on- do think that this storyline is a good glimpse at, at quite how rough this is for Ross. Like he, d- yeah. he didn't choose to be without Carol, and it's very hard to get over because his sort of ideal life of having a wife that he loves very much with a baby on the way and suddenly that whole his life was really sorted wasn't it as far as he was concerned and now it's all completely fallen apart well you know as someone who's fairly recently gone through a breakup it was it was quite you're right there was was quite a um emotional string to pull there wasn't there and it was it was a real insight into that and and as christian says in his request a really nice insight into their actual I think this is probably the only scene ever, and apart from when Ross uh, gives Carol away at the wedding, where we see a proper like love 
between yeah, them, Johnny. Yeah, because she becomes, she becomes quite sort of withering with him, doesn't she? And, yeah, and Susan and, especially is very sarcastic with him. But Carol, like, I feel like it's the setup is they always get on and they're yeah. very friendly, but you don't really feel like, you know, when you look at people that you used to date and you go, what do they talk about? <laughs> what, yeah. what, what was their thing? Um, and you get a really nice insight into the what it was like um, during this conversation. I mean, quite why Carol stayed at the restaurant on Valentine's Day when Susan had to leave is... Yes, you'd just, you'd just go home, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Shall I stay on my own opposite my ex-husband who's on his first date in nine years or just come home with you, is it? Yeah. When you go to work, I'll come home. Especially because she's pregnant. Like, what's, yeah, what's, an, what's, an odd, what's an odd decision? Maybe she really liked the food. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe she was uh, drawn to Ross's incredibly formal attire for yes, a date. Yes, very, very dressed up, isn't he? A, f- a full suit and tie. I don't think I've ever worn a full suit and tie for a date, Pete, have you? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> it's strange because it's one of those things that doesn't really... It's not like it jumps out at you as being mad, but when you look at it and you really take in what's happening there, it's 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 weird. it's odd, isn't it? It's just it, It's just office wear. Hmm. Just formal Ross and his eggy date. <laughs> um, let's try scooching is a phrase I say I use weekly. Yes, I think this is probably where my um, first uh, experience of scooching came from. Well, yeah, the, the the first love of scooch, which of course built beautifully into Eurovision Song Contest finale. We're flying the flag. Absolute banger. I maintain that that's a great song. That's a very niche reference for anyone who's not familiar with previous unsuccessful British Eurovision. Yeah, fairly niche for the UK audience, never mind for those of you that are away. But Scooch... Scooch went to Eurovision for the UK and did shit. Yeah, with a very catchy sort of Europop song, but it was (laughs) not well received. And they were dressed in air hostess uniforms, were they? Yes, because they were flying the flag, Dave. (laughs) That was right, yes. (laughs) Yes. I Um, can remember there being some sort of dance move that was like like the wings of an airplane. Yeah, it was very Steps, wasn't it? The vibe. Like Steps, but shit, which I know is... It's quite a lot to consider. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's not let's not besmirch the good name of Steps. No, Another first reference. I ever went to, Dave. The first conference you ever... The first conference... Conference, you- <laughs> yes. I went, to, I, went to a, I went to a Steps conference and H gave the keynote speech. <laughs> Next up, PowerPoints with Andy Scottley. <laughs> um, another reference that uh, nobody outside the UK, I imagine, will get. The Steps were a... Um, a twee pop band here in the UK, weren't they? Um, still are. St- are they still on, are they? Yeah, they had a, they've had a, they've got an album out this year. Oh, my God. Still doing arenas, aren't they? Well, if arenas were open. That's incredible scenes. Uh, that was the first concert you ever went to, though, was it? Yeah. And then I saw Five and then Westlife. On the same night, or? No, not... Oh, if only. What a night that would be. <laughs> How old were you uh, this when you were seeing Steps, Five and Westlife? Oh... Eight. And when did he come out? <laughs> <laughs> that night. Yeah. <laughs> it was the power of H's keynote speech that, that made me come out. At the Steps Conference. Yeah. There were early signs, said Mr. and Mrs. Allison. <laughs> Steps Con. <laughs> Steps Con, 1998. Um, where were we scooching? Yes. I. God, that's all come from a reference to scooch, which I am thrilled with. But yeah, I'd, I'd say he's let's, let's try scooching. 
fairly obvious. Basically, any time I want anyone to scooch down, which is more often than you think, actually. It, it becomes... Well, at the moment, you'd really you'd need them to scooch two metres away, wouldn't you? Oh, do you think that's a... a, a maybe it's a phrase we should be bringing back. Jumping Social on, scooching. Jumping on the bus yeah. or jumping on the tube. Hey, guys, yeah. let's try scooching. Yeah. Not against it. Made for 2020. Carol comes over then, and um, he, he, like you say, in a in a bizarre move by everybody, but it sets up the storyline nicely for us. Um, Ross introduces them and really uh, builds himself a massive hole. Builds himself a hole? Digs himself. Digs himself a massive wall and uh, says, oh, Carol's a sixth grade teacher, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out, despite the fact that he knows Kristen's surname, which I'd say is fairly unusual for a first date, he doesn't know anything else about her. Not yeah, a single her, other fact. Her job at all. The only thing he can reference is the last sentence she said. And I just thought at some point, maybe during the initial egg borrowing, they'd have exchanged some information. I mean, hell, he could have just said to Carol, Kristen and I are on a first date and she lives in my building, would you believe? That's it. Yeah. That would have yeah. got him out of it. But he really made a meal of that, didn't he? She lent me an egg. That's how we got to know each yeah, other. Yeah, old Kristen egg. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as, as the synopsis said, they end up having the, basically a date themselves, Ross and Carol, don't they? And, and Kristen leaves. Uh, and then we have the sort of, like you said, the sad, quite heartbreaking moment where Ross tries to basically get back together with Carol. It's kind of weird that they kiss, isn't it? Yes, it is a bit weird. But it, it kind of feels in a like... a relationship and her partner has just left. Kind of feels like they're properly sort of saying goodbye to their relationship fully doesn't yeah, it yeah it's, it's i know what she's you mean. encouraging to to get some closure isn't she yeah it's a, i'd say it's a it's a, a risky way of getting closure yes. to, to kiss your ex-husband when yeah, you told him fair. you don't want to be with him but yeah it is a nice moment and ross to be fair this is i'd say one of the only times in all of friends where ross deals with a situation fairly maturely like he has his moment of going let's get back together which is like quite mad obviously based on all the facts we know but when she says it's time to take the pin out, he takes it well, doesn't he? He's like, he yeah, I know. Gets the hint. You're right. Let's move on type thing. Unusually for us, he accepts that he's not getting his way. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and that thus resolves the Ross, Carol, Susan, Kristen double date, as it were. Should we talk about the other one now? Let's do the other one. After a brief musical pause. Yes. Would you like Sting 1 or Sting 2? They're the ones that are left. Uh, I would love Sting One. Okay, here it is. Change my mind, I want Sting Two. <laughs> Sting Two's a shorty, so you, you, you're welcome to it as well. Remember when I made these things uh, before the first season of Friends of Friends? And I was like, I've made four for now, mate. I'll make loads more as we go on. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I promise I'll do loads more. And we just got them four. But, you know, I like them now. It's enough. It's enough. That'll do, pig. Um, <laughs> Jerry and Chandler's uh, double date then. Yeah, let's get the horrendous, inappropriate, not aged well at all line out the way. And that is... She's needy, she's vulnerable, yeah. I'm thinking ka-ching, yes? <laughs> it's 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 so... So predatory, isn't it? It felt so bizarre, didn't it? Although he does get something thrown at him, doesn't he, for saying it. But that isn't much of a punishment for saying something that gross. No, he isn't called out on it in a way that... I mean, you just nobody would ever say that line now, I guess. But it was uh, not his finest moment. But Jerry's dating Lorraine. 
she brings a friend. I go so far to say that this is one of the best Chandler episodes. It's really good, isn't it? Because there's a couple of... I, I like this. We've already said before that we really like this sort of era of Chandler, don't we? Yes. And the no trading, you get the pretty one, I get the mess. That's yep. great. And a few seconds later as well, when Joey's date says, oh, look what you brought. And he replies, and what did oh, you bring? What did you like, bring? Those are two great classic Chandler lines and he's really he's he's on form here isn't he Dave yes he is on a lot of a, a lot of form a hot streak of form this is a landmark moment in Friends as well Pete do you know what it is uh no the Janice reveal which is excellent uh when Janice you know walks up oh, to the oh I know what you're going to say go on hit is me is it the first oh my god it's the first ever oh nice. my god uh, nice. 14 episodes in which is uh Kind of surprising. Well, also the other thing that I found surprising about this is that yes, only fourteen, yes, only fourteen episodes in, but we've also had quite a lot of Janice narrative because, as Chandler <laughs> describes it, at one point they've broken up twice. Yeah, this already. Is, this is the third time now in fourteen episodes of a sitcom that Chandler has Janice embarked on a relationship dumped, and dumped yeah. Janice. Like yeah. a rough ride for Janice in the early stages of Friends, isn't it? Yeah. But again, she deals with this very well. It's, it's a very cool. Janice moment when Chandler does break up with her, isn't it? In this one, yes, it's. She says that she's like a foghorn. <laughs> no, he's like a foghorn calling out to her Janice. and does that great. Exactly, but she's she's right. He does keep reigniting it. He does. Obviously, he wasn't planning on meeting with Janice on this occasion, and it's this horrible coincidence that they've ended up spending this night together. But. He invites her back to his house, so yep. Chandler, this one's on you, mate. It's all on you. He gets away with this one fairly easily as well, doesn't he? He doesn't have to do much... Uh, it's not like the one where he hits her in the eye and the whole breakup is an absolute disaster, you know? No, because as we've mentioned before, Janice behaves quite reasonably and quite sensibly and quite maturely. Yes, Janice, nice human. Yes. Not, an, not an immature mess like our friend Chandler Bing. When Joe's date arrives, she quickly leaves to wash the cab smell off her hands like i know i know cabs aren't hygienic but but what is going on in that one that she feels compelled to immediately wash her hands it was a bit of a like um it, it's one of those things and it happens quite often in friends where it wasn't a joke right so it wasn't a big laugh out loud joke yet someone's deliberately put it there. someone's deliberately put it there yeah when they could just Say, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like, yeah. perfectly normal to be like, I'm just nipping to the bathroom. That cool? Yeah. Or check a coat in or something. Right. I just, it was, it was, it is a very strange one. I also uh, only really noticed it was cab smell for the first time. I thought it was cat smell all of these years. <laughs> and I was like, she, what, what? Just got a lot, of, been lot of stroking a cat thing yeah. for a day. Well, weirdly, that might make more sense, you know? Mm. If she worked with cats, for example, and she's like, look, go get the cat smell off my hands. I feel like you're creating a lot of subplot that she... For Lorraine? Um, yeah. For Lorraine, Lorraine, the cat rescuer. Yeah. Hero by day, wildly inappropriate human by night. Yeah, she's... Um, oh, I'll tell you what is a horrible, horrible graphic line <laughs> is the fact that that she tells Joey that she can pick up pick up like a coin with her toes yeah, a or qu- something? a quarter with her toes. And then Joey says, or oh, rolls of quarters because she's got her foot in his crotch so so he means he means his he means his penis doesn't he (laughs) he does mean his penis peter yes that's exactly what he means i that creates such a horrible image of her sort of just squashing it with her toes (laughs) 
Like, why, I, I don't, I don't want to hear that. It's their whole behaviour is wildly inappropriate. Like they're snogging at dinner, and then it's not that she's just grabbing his dick with her toes. It's that she's outwardly <laughs> talking about it to the group, you know? But also the fact that the other f- the other thing that, that I think suggests she's not exactly a, a great person is um is that she's just discovered that she set her good friend, you'd assume, yeah. up with her ex and then just leaves her there. Yeah, she doesn't care about Janice, does she? Like even Joey's trying no. to be like, hey, we can't do this, we can't leave until he gets swayed by the chocolate mousse. But, yeah, she doesn't care about Janice at all, does she? No, she's not bothered. A cold lady. Um, and then again... too busy squashing Joey's bits to yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. And then she orders the chocolate mousse so loudly. Like, there was no need for that, was there? Also, you can't, you can't go to a, a fancy restaurant like that and order chocolate mousse to go, can you? It's an old one, isn't it? It's midway, not McDonald's. Midway through the main course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's a Rob Roy? I don't know. It's a drink of some sort. But, I mean, right. Well, here's what I'd like you to do, actually, Pete. First Google of the of a series? Well, you should. Can you Urban Dictionary Rob Roy for me? Oh, no. Because I've done it. Oh, and I'd well. like you to look at the fourth definition. And I imagine not to read it out, but just look at it. Um, okay, hang on. Two, three, four. Oh, oh no. So, I presume that's not widely known enough that that joke's about that. Oh, but Robert, why is it? Why is it called that? Well, I don't really understand anything. I don't. What I don't understand is anything about this line. I tell you what, I can give though is I can give the example of the use of Rob Roy and this meaning for it um, that Urban Dictionary throws up, and that's girl. I know we've only been dating for a few, but I'd really appreciate a Rob Roy. <laughs> Bold thing to ask to someone after a few dates, isn't it? It really is. I'll give you a moment, Dave, everyone, we, to, to Google yourselves. We can't end this podcast on that. <laughs> well, I want so a, a Rob Roy is a cocktail consisting of whiskey and vermouth, right? Right. What I don't understand about this line is—is it—is it like so widely used? You know, in the nineties on TV, you know, people are always talking about Rob Roy's on in films and on TV shows so much, and Chandler just doesn't know what it is, which is why he's ordered one. I, I, I don't really I don't really understand the joke here is what I'm saying that's fair no I don't understand it either and I um, am quite disappointed you maybe google that well I'm sorry about that and uh, you know I don't want to underwhelm you dear listener but uh, you've come back to this podcast to dissect episodes of friends and it's basically ended with two men saying I don't really understand that line and offering absolutely no insight into it whatsoever. So you're welcome. That's what this podcast can be sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, apologies to any of you that have Urban Dictionary, uh, Rob Roy as well. Because we don't want to end the podcast on that um, unsavoury definition of a, a Rob Roy. Please, yep. can you make up a definition for Rob Roy of what it means? Uh, Rob Roy. Uh, when you uh, steal something from a catchphrase host. Good is, Roy Walker reference yeah, there. It's quite niche for When I was a child, um, similar age to when I was going to Stepscom, yeah. um, I loved catchphrase. And when my family were watching it, I would hide behind the sofa. And then when the announcer announced Roy Walker, I would come out from behind the sofa and make my parents <laughs> applaud me as if I was Roy Walker. This is too much, Pete. 
Yeah. That is too much. You would you would cosplay as Roy Walker. <laughs> I don't think I I don't think I was wearing anything else. Um, I mean, I was wearing clothes, but I... <laughs> you would walk out, out naked, naked. <laughs> from behind the sofa and make your parents applaud. <laughs> um, that is insane, is what I would say for you. Um, yeah, that was that was my favourite programme. Jesus, you were... If I was your parents, I'd have been worried about eight-year-old Pete. I'd tell you that for, for, for free. I was also... Um, I was scared of Noel's house pie. Well, I mean, that's completely understandable. Um, because I was afraid of both Gunge. Couldn't watch Get Your Own Back, so I was afraid of Gunge. And, and Blobby. And Blobby, yeah. Yeah. Who is just this sort of well, this is literally sentient been, this, nightmare, it's isn't it? Tre- it's been trending on Twitter this this past week, actually, Mr. Blobby, because Why? Some, someone did a tweet saying, if you had to explain Mr. Blobby to someone that's never heard of him, how would you do it? And... It's really hard, isn't it? Please, can you now do that for anyone who's not heard of Mr. Bobby? He's listening. He's he's a sort of um, non-speaking. No, he can speak, but he can only say what, Dave? Oh, he can only say blobby, blobby, blobby. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a giant um, pink and yellow. Mm-hmm. Pink with yellow spots. Like imagine a sports team was trying to create a mascot. And from hell they, they got so high and forgot to do it that they just scribbled something on the way in do you know what i mean yeah it's it's an absolute diabolical invention and yeah and his name is mr blobby and he's got yellow blobs on his pink skin and, and all he had he a says, number one single and all he says is blobby 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 and he had a number one single mr blobby um it beat Take That and Meatloaf to Christmas number one, won't you? Jesus Christ. And people say the X Factors destroyed the Christmas number one. Mr. Blobby did that years before. Well, there you go, Pete. You didn't want to end on an unsavory note. We're going to end on a sort of nightmarish note instead. Are you happy, more happy with that? Um, he, was, he was a thing for seven years. Mad. Absolutely mad. Honestly. Played by a person called Barry Killerby. Killer Bees. Killer bees. Barry I'm just googling Killer Barry Killerby now. Um, yeah, there you go. Anyway, I digress. Very heavily, I'd say. Very, very much. But there you go. That's. I mean, that's the end of this episode of Friends with Friends. We sort of covered it all as much as we can, haven't we? Chandler takes Janice back. They spend loads of money on Joe's credit card. Uh, there is that excellent scene, actually, isn't there, where um, Monica discovers Janice in the hallway and and calls. Rachel yeah, that is great. And calls then calls Ross on the phone. Just really making sure everybody's seen that Chandler's back with Janice. Um, again, slightly like it's not it's not cruel, but it's it's a bit piss takey on Janice, isn't it? And she's oblivious to the fact they're completely taking the piss. Yes, they're being horrible to her, aren't they? Really? Yeah. Um, well, there you go. We stand Janice on this show, don't we? We absolutely do. And that, friends, is the end of friends with friends. Hey, Dave, you know what I can do. I can tell people what next week's episode is. Oh, I, thought, I genuinely thought you were going to say I could end this episode with a bit of uh, Mr. Blobby's number one Christmas single. No, I don't want to do that. That'll bring back, I'll have flashbacks. Uh, you can tell people what next week's episode is, can't you? I can't quite believe that we've waited this long to do this episode um, and for it to come up. Which, to be fair, if we'd done it when the person suggested it, we would have done it about six months ago. Um, <laughs> next week, Dave, is... The one with the holiday armadillo. The one with the holiday armadillo. An absolute classic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, great news. 
that'll be next week's episode. Go watch it. Do your own work. We'll do ours. We promise. And uh, follow us on Instagram for all Friends with Friends updates. FWF Pod on Instagram. Follow it. Cheers. We've done a quiz last weekend. We'll probably do another quiz in a couple of weeks or something. Oh, God. You yawn. Oh, yawn. There it is. Fucking hell. Sorry, mate. It's getting late. As we're recording this, we're about to do the quiz, actually. In fact, in yeah. one hour's time. So better, better, better liven up. Better do pre-quiz lunges. Absolutely. Bloody exactly. Uh, I'll see you, Pete, in an hour. I will see you, dear listener, in a week. See you later, Dave. See you later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details traffic jams tailgating pile-ups oh the joys of driving how could it get worse the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive that's right the biden administration's epa is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today don't let washington become your backseat driver protect the freedom of driving your way Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.